Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I want to focus on education and some of the fallout from uh, the pandemic and, and the learning disruption. The question of school absenteeism. Like kids just not going to school or necessarily feeling like they have to go to school. To what ex- extent is that still a problem? And, and how do we link it back to those learning disruptions? Now, there's some more clear data on all of this uh, out of the U.S. and the U.K. That, that points to a problem. It's harder to measure here in Canada, but we've got some indication that, that this is an issue here, too. So what's going on here? What do we need to do to address it? Uh, Very pleased to welcome the program here this morning, uh, Paul Bennett, uh, director of the Schoolhouse Institute, adjunct professor of education at St. Mary's University, author of Pandemic Fallout, Learning Loss, Collateral Damage, and Recovery in Canada's Schools. And he wrote about this uh, in a piece you can find at thehub.ca. Paul, good to have you with us here this morning. Welcome to the program. Great to be back on your show, Rob. Well, we appreciate you joining us here. Let's talk about what what it is we're talking about here. First of all, um, you know, absenteeism. And that's not just, you know, kids being absent for legitimate reasons. We're we're talking about something more serious here. What what is it? Absenteeism is uh, anytime students are away from school, they're away for a number of different reasons. I went back and I looked at a report that was issued by Alberta Education in 2014, and they cite Six reasons. Um, Students are bored, disengaged, and they don't want to go to school. Uh, They have no sense of belonging. They have no attachment to the school. They're alienated. They're doing poorly. They don't feel the staff uh, care about them. They're suffering illnesses, COVID or something related to it. Um, They have a lack of family support. There's no one urging them to go to school. Or last but not least, there's a feeling of hopelessness, depression. They're withdrawn, and they're full of anxieties, and they have nothing to look forward to. Now, that's not me. That's your own report in Alberta. Mm -hmm. Spring of 2014, every student counts. What you have as a challenge now, after COVID, is all that's being reported, and I've checked in Edmonton and Calgary, is the rate of illness absence, which is only a small proportion of the number of kids that are away from school on a daily basis. Yeah, as I mentioned All of the stories, Rob, all of the stories I read in the Calgary Herald, the Edmonton Journal, on absenteeism over the last two years only spoke to one small portion of the absenteeism, which is illness as a result of COVID or RSV. Mm -hmm. And uh, those figures, as everyone probably listening knows, ranged from 2.22% on January the 8th, 2024 in Edmonton, to a high of 5.43% on Friday, January the 12th. Now, that doesn't sound very serious if only 2 to 6% of the kids are away. Yeah. But that's really just the ones that are, are away with approved absences. Keep in mind, absenteeism involves excused absences, health and school-sanctioned events, sports and other activities, and unexcused absences, which are far more numerous, skipping school, school refusal behavior, um, or 
working part-time to support a family and supplement their income. You know, I mentioned the, you know, the challenge in getting this data, so it's, it's not unique to Alberta. It seems we have a real challenge right across the country in, in getting a clear picture of what's going on here. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Anton Birokov um, wrote an article in the education journals, the, the number one education journal. It's called the Canadian Journal of Education. In 2021, in, um, he wrote that there was an, we were entirely absent both researchers and policymakers on tracking student attendance. And that was up to uh, the pandemic and going into the pandemic. He identified that there was not one university that had a scholar who specialized in tracking absenteeism. And that's why his article was published. It was a kind of a, a warning shot that we were negligent in tracking student attendance. So what can we glean from the data that is available here, or I guess as you address in your piece, what we can glean from what we're seeing in comparable jurisdictions, like in the U.S. or, or in the U.K.? The, con- the pandemic has had a dramatic effect on how people view schooling and education. Uh, kids were off for um, large parts of two years. Parents assumed a lot of the responsibilities of educating the kids. They became much more attuned to the use of technology, and kids became much more comfortable accessing technology. So the idea that going to school was the be-all and the end-all wasn't as firmly established, and parents were more relaxed. And I think they realized that maybe missing the odd day wasn't as catastrophic as they thought. So these had attitudes and behaviors sunk in. This is what we call long COVID in education, which is the after-effects of the uh, pandemic, a sense of fatigue, why bother, uh, stay home, you can learn it online, get somebody to send you the notes. You know, that's much more endemic. See, the pandemic has produced an endemic of school uh, absenteeism. So you see a direct link then to to that disruption? Absolutely. Keep in mind, this is the most um, catastrophic and most serious disruption in our lifetimes in the school system. Uh, You know, at at its height, you probably know this, 3.8 billion students were out of school around the world, and uh, 5.4 million Canadian students. And so Alberta is just a a part of the problem. Actually, I've argued, and you may have noticed, that I thought Alberta managed the pandemic and the school closures better than other places. Uh, I've written about this, but not that notwithstanding, there is a legacy of, I guess, school refusal behavior. And there's what I found in the UK, is the UK um, Headmasters Association surveyed their headmasters, and 81% of them, that's four out of every five heads of school, said they had insufficient resources to properly track attendance or absenteeism. That's that's very true here. Another thing is the... um, The London uh, Sunday Times wrote this front-page story. It was one of every four parents no longer worry if kids are out of school. Now, no one's doing that kind of study here. No one's tracking that. But we may have similar results if we were to ask those types of research questions. So how how do we address this then, do you think? Well, I've I've written quite a bit, and I have a new piece coming out on IRPP. Institute for Research and Public Policy, Policy Options, where I look at, 
you know, six approaches to uh, returning to what we need to. Would you like me to hit on them just quickly? Yeah, please do. Uh, well, make student attendance a priority. There'd be no ambivalence about it, and that is in-school attendance. Don't be sending out mixed messages. Secondly, track and report on absenteeism using all of the devices at your disposal, including PowerSchool, which allows you to collect um, detailed data and aggregate it. A third thing is I think we need to see visible leadership from our district superintendents, our principals, regional attendance officers. Uh, they have to support classroom teachers because right now you report absences and and lates, and you don't know what happens. So that's kind of one of the issues. We have to establish what the Brits call mentoring hubs, which are, uh, you know, adjuncts to the attendance offices where they're actually people whose job it is to go and knock on a door uh, or to meet with parents and talk to them and try to convince them that schooling is of value and it's a long-term investment. Another uh, approach is, is to rebuild student attendance support services. You know, we've come through a period where truancy disappeared. Truancy wasn't used because it was seen to be punitive and, and maybe not good for kids. So we kind of disbanded the truancy system. I think we need a new form of it, which is called student attendance support services, more robust and more, um, more enforceable. And my final thing is, bottom line, Unless there are consequences for skipping school, missing 10% of the school year, which is chronic absenteeism, or 20%, which is 36 days of school, should have consequences. Mm -hmm. And in some jurisdictions in the U.S., the U.K., and even parts of Canada, they are actively discussing denying course credits in high school and asking kids to remain behind uh, for retaining them. Now, these are very radical measures, but they would work to reduce the incidence of absenteeism. Very interesting. Well, as mentioned, your latest, it's up at thehub.ca and uh, the piece forthcoming in Policy Options, uh, the Institute for Research on Public Policy. Paul, thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Really appreciate it.